0: i'd like to welcome you to the hunting dog public podcast i'm your host miles miller here we'll be discussing pleasure hunts competition hunts and anything else related to the use of hunting dogs it's our sole purpose to bring awareness to the sport of hunting with dogs and now it's time to let's talk some dogs Today's word comes from 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. Hey, boy. What's going on?
1: Oh, not a whole lot. What's going on?
0: man not too much getting these kids rounded up and ready for a school week
1: that takes a lot nowadays
0: yep what's going on with you
1: oh just sitting out by the pool enjoying a nice evening with the nice weather season.
0: it is finally finally starting to cool off a little bit in south louisiana
1: dude today was nice this morning was fantastic
0: well everybody at the hunting dog public podcast uh i'm your host miles miller and tonight it's going to be kind of a a two-part episode we've got uh kurt allen and then on our second half we're going to have uh Derek edwards and they are with uh team po boys it's a tracking group down here in south louisiana kind of south mississippi area and uh we're going to dive off into this thing and and talk dogs and kind of get a different perspective on things tonight yeah man Well, Kurt, uh, start off, just kind of tell everybody who you are, where you live, kind of what you do, and uh, we'll get into it. Okay.
1: My name is Kurt Allen. I live in Ethel. Um, I'm a police officer in Baton Rouge. I've been there for 17 years. Um, About five or six years ago, I decided to get into the deer tracking business. Uh, I don't know if I'm stepping in too quick. But the way I decided to do it, I got a bird dog that had a really good nose, and I wanted to use him just for camp work. If anybody wanted or needed a dog to track a deer, so I started that, and I taught him how to find how to find deer, and uh, it's been a ride ever since.
0: So you still, you said about five years ago?
1: Yeah, about five years ago. It's a different dog, though. I, so that dog has now passed. And I got this new dog. I got a bird dog about four years ago. And, um, I wanted to teach him how to do something instead of being just a couch potato. So I taught him how to find deer. And, uh, we started tracking deer for our friends. And after the first year we started tracking deer for the public. And, uh, after year two, I got a Catahoula curve from Mr. Randy Duvall. And, uh, last year was her second year so now we're we're wide open with deer tracking
0: gotcha well so before before the dogs had you ever done any type of hunting with dogs or was this your kind of what 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 led you up to deciding you wanted to work a dog
1: so i've always been a dog fan i've always had dogs i like watching dogs work and seeing different things about them um i actually have worked a police dog now for 12 years so i have a understanding of how dogs scent how everything works and when i got the bird dog that i have now his name is gus i noticed that the dog had a really good sense of smell he he knew how to work odor really well so i just wanted to teach him how to do something and deer tracking was what it was.
0: So, Gus, you say he's a bird dog. What what actual breed is he? He is a German
1: short-haired pointer.
0: Gotcha. Those have exceptional noses. Uh, you and me both are in the same line of work, and, uh, you know, when we go to these trials for our work, we actually see some of these... German short air pointers that that do narcotics work and they say it's because of the the nose and then you know just their drive as far as wanting to please, you know, their handlers. So I'm sure yep. you see that with him.
1: Yep, no doubt. He's a um he's a workhorse. Um we got a guy in our group that has one. Gus is great. Don't get me wrong, he's fantastic. But uh we've got a guy his name is Cody Delat that has one his name is Jack, and Jack is a beast. Jack is there'll never be another Jack um He's a German short hair pointer uh and Jack will jack will, out, will, will get out there and get him with the best of them.
0: so how did how did you come about acquiring Gus? <clears throat>
1: Believe it or not, Gus was a some sort of a rescue, we'll call it. Um, After my first bird dog died, I wanted another one because I like to breed so much. So I started looking on Facebook and um, come to find out, I I found Gus. He was in Brookhaven, Mississippi, and uh, I wanted him. He was 11 months old when I got him. I drove down to get him, I want to say, in March of 2020, and uh, he's been with us ever since. And he got home, and like I say, I get the dog home, and I like training dogs. I like the the working dog aspect. So I told my wife, was, we're going to teach him how to do something, and I didn't know what else to teach him other than tracking deer, and we've been doing it ever since.
0: So y'all actually trained Gus? He wasn't trained whenever you got him?
1: I did. I trained Gus from the get-go, from the day that he got home until now.
0: So if you would, kind of walk us through what is what does training a deer dog or a, a dog that recovers wounded deer, what does that consist of?
1: So there's different ways and there's different philosophies on how to train and how to find a wounded deer I have two dogs right now I trained them both completely different because when I got Gus now I'm gonna say this but when I got Gus I had zero idea about anything and everything about the deer tracking business I just I knew how to work a dog so I went into it with Gus I got a deer hide and a deer leg, and some blood. You know, I dumped it in my yard, and I told him to go find it. And I held him on a leash, and you know, I worked him on a leash, and he picked it up really quickly. Um, then I went to taking the blood away, because in my mind, like I said, I had no idea about deer tracking. I had no idea about anything about it. But in my mind, if the deer's bleeding then I can find it myself, right? So I did a little bit of research, and I took the blood away. So I taught Gus how to find this odor that I tell you to walk up to, and I tell him to check it. He checks it, and I tell him to find that odor. So he learned how to find that deer. So then I got my Catahoula, and not to get into too much, but I talked to Mr. Randall, and he taught me a whole lot more about the tracking world and how to train these dogs and Allie was trained a little bit different Allie is my catahoula she was trained a little bit different and she is doing fantastic as well but um mainly it's put the dog on this odor find this odor and whenever you get to it stop if that makes sense
0: yeah so well, i guess one of the things in me and you kind of do it in the same line of work but when you say in the beginning you you had him on lead and you taught him how to track the blood and stuff it's very similar to how we train the dogs for work as right. far as the tracking um yep so you train him on your own before before you get your catahoula let's let's just talk about gus just for a minute so we get him trained and then What do you do? Do you start looking for deer for the public, or are you still just kind of?
1: No. So what I did with Gus was it was only friends. I wasn't comfortable with trying to track deer for the public. So what I did was I reached out to a wide group of friends, 20 to 30 people. Hey, look, I'm trying to train this dog. I'm trying to get him ready to track a deer call me if you shoot one and luckily enough i had some really good friends who called me when they would double long deer the deer's double longed. i know he's only going 50 or 60 yards would you like to bring your dog so that's what i did for the first year i would bring us i'd run him on those tracks let him find the deer let him be successful because a lot of people don't understand that dog needs to be successful so after he was successful in that year and I knew that he would find a deer, then we got to where we were tracking for the public.
0: Got you. So how many how many deer do you think you recovered? The easy ones and all you know in the very beginning, how many do you think before you got comfortable uh, going to the public?
1: I'd say for 30, 35. 30 to 35 before we decided okay the dog knows what he's doing we're gonna start going out and tracking for the public
0: so you knew it wasn't a fluke he didn't just luckily find two or three deer before you started this correct correct gotcha yep um so take us through you you start you start tracking for the public you get your dog going (laughs) what What makes you get a second dog? So
1: the second dog came in. Um, I got to meet Mr. Randy Duvall, very knowledgeable, very into the tracking world. And I got to see his dogs work and see how these Catahoulas go. And I noticed that a lot of people were running two dogs. So, I tell Mr. Randy that I would like another dog, and we decide that I need a female to run with Gus instead of a male. Well, a litter pops out, and um, I wind up getting a little black and white female from his litter. And uh, I got her trained. Randy helped me train her, and she is bad to the bone as far as now she's she's the real deal um matter of fact i'm looking to get another i'd like to get a male to run with her and run three um it's just it's easier on on the bay side whenever you have a couple dogs i think you got a couple dogs barking at a deer instead of just one but um yeah they these two dogs have been a ticket. That's where it goes.
0: So how, how old is um, Allie? She made two in March.
1: So this will be her third year. She started tracking. She found, Allie found her first deer at eight months old by herself, solo. She tracked that first year. Last year was her second year. So this year will be her third
0: Got gotcha. you. So uh, you use whenever you take your dogs, do you track every track has both dogs on it? Or do you um, look at everything and, and decide whether you're going to use one dog, two dogs, depending on how much land you got? Like, how does that work?
2: It look, it,
1: it, it depends on each track. So if I get a shot where somebody tells me that they have bone, which indicates to me that they've got a leg shot. I'm only running Alley and I've got reasons for that. Um if I know it's going to be a live deer, 100% live, I'm running Alley. And that's because for some reason since I brought Alley into the mix, Gus doesn't want anything to do with live deer, so I run Alley on those. But if it's say it's a um it's a overnight shot you shot the deer yesterday evening there's been a house dog on it this and that i'm probably gonna run gus on that because he's a little more experienced and can handle his business a little better on those kinds of tracks um if you don't mind me rambling on that note what is bad that we like or we don't like as handlers is nowadays everybody on every street corner and every house has a quote-unquote tracking dog so they shoot a deer in the guts with a bow and put fifi the house dog on it and when fifi doesn't find it they want to call us to go and find it gus excels at that he excels in going behind other dogs and Overcoming all the scent because there's a lot of scent there. There's people scent, there's deer scent, there's dog scent, and Gus does really well at
0: that. So, talking about that, for for the listeners out there um, who who do deer hunt and let's say you shoot a deer, what would be some tips far as before I call you or one of your guys in the group, what what would you like to see as a hunter? What would you like to see him do? And what would you like to see him not do?
1: So if you... The way I put it is when I pull the trigger, 90% of the time I can tell you where I hit to do. I can tell you if it's low, back, higher, where, right? So if you know it's a questionable shot, if it's not a double longer, there's no need to go walk through the woods and trample around. So what you're doing is, is you're going to where you shot the deer, you're standing in the odor that we want, right? This deer is putting off a lot stronger odor than everybody else standing around him. So you stand in that odor, well, what gets on your boots? that odor and then you go and trample around saying "Oh, i made several figure eights around well you just made several figure eights with that odor on your boots well when i bring my dog in the dog doesn't understand oh that's his boots so i can tell almost immediately when i bring the dog in i can tell almost immediately how far you've gone i can watch the dog work hey man, you walked all around here? Yep, I can understand that. So what I would rather you do, if you know it's a questionable shot, leave the deer, back out, call one of us. It's a lot easier for our dogs to track on a clean track than one that's been stomped up. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, 100%. Um, With that being said, Let's say, let's say I'm I'm right here behind my house. I live in or not far from you. And opening day of bow season, I draw back on one at 15 yards and I double lung it. Is there any reason for me to call you, or would that be would you would you want somebody to call y'all's group just in case y'all needed a young dog to work, or would you want them just go recover the deer?
1: Um yes yes and yes call us um first off in the beginning of of the season let's let these dogs get back into the working mind frame my dogs have been their inside dogs they sleep in the bed with my little boy every night they haven't done much training this summer so that track is going to get them refocused get them get them going back again and just because you think that you double lung the deer, you might only hit one lung. And what a lot of people don't understand is that a one lung deer can live for a long time. Just because you punched one lung doesn't mean you did justice to the deer. So I would rather get a dog on it instead of me going traipsing through the woods and mess up the tracks with the dog, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's hard hard to explain, but I'd rather go in there first with a dog. If I shoot a good deer, say October 1st, and I shoot a good deer, and I'm pretty sure I hit him decent with my bow, I'm calling. Oh, I'm sending my dogs in there. 100% I'm sending dogs.
0: Gotcha. Um, so what is what is typically whenever somebody calls you what is a general time is there certain we talked about shot placement is there every every track when somebody when i call you and i say hey mr kurt i shot a deer this is what i shot are you just going to drop everything and come Or is there some tracks that need to Need time? Is there some tracks that need to be on it quicker? How's that work? So,
1: uh, when it comes to that, you could be like we get a lot of calls. So, you might be my third or fourth call that day. And you might be, there might be, my first call might be a gut shot, which needs to kind of let lay for a minute right and then my second call might be somewhat let's say second cause of they've got bone on the ground so it's a leg I want to get on that leg before I get on a gut shot I want to let that gut shot lay and then I'll I'll run the leg and then go to the gut shot but a lot of people try to determine that for us and they need to let us let us determine how we schedule our tracks
0: gotcha um so as far as the group uh, how many guys you got in y'all's group seven or eight something like that uh
1: yeah i think it's probably seven
0: so as far as the group let me ask you this is there any situations where somebody calls and says hey look i just shot a deer and this happened x y and z do so y'all, I guess, pick certain dogs for certain tracks depending on terrain or depending on shot placement we, or anything like that?
1: We do. Um, like I say, our the other bird dog in the group, uh, Cody Delat's dog. Well, we like to call him. We joke with him, but he's our leg shot specialist. If we if we've got a leg shot and one of the other Bay dogs can't go. Cody's our guy. Um, we'll send him on that. Well, Like you have, like I told you earlier, um, Allie, my Catahoula, she's just not, she's a little bit younger, inexperienced. So if I've got to go behind a dog or the next day or something like that, I'll run Gus on that track. So yeah, each track is different and, we can run different dogs on tracks depending on what we have going on.
0: Gotcha. Uh, it talked about one of the guys in your group's got a, a bird dog. What is the typical breed of dog that y'all have that recover these deer?
1: Oh, in this group here, normally, they're going to love me for saying this, but it's blackmouth curs. They love them blackmouths.
0: Yeah, I know, uh, I actually was at a birthday party last night and I saw Judd, um, I, I buy bought dog feed from Judd. He lives, at, or his dog feed's only about two miles from me and I know he's, he runs a black mouth.
1: <laughs> you tell Judd to train his dog.
0: <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you tell him that, <laughs> but, uh, and then I know, you know, Tanner lives close to me and, um.
1: To train Tanner trained his dog, too.
0: Well, Tanner sent me a picture earlier. His dog was laying on the back well, porch. It,
1: Tanner didn't send you a picture of his dog with a deer, that's for sure.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I don't know all the guys in your group. Um, but Coop, I've been knowing Coop a long time. Yeah. Uh, Coop's also running Black Mouse. Uh, but I, I knew that was kind of y'all's... I guess the, the, uh, main breed that y'all are running in the group. Yep. Um, you talked about, you got your Kerr dog is a Catahoula Mhm. Uh, she came from Randall Duvall. Yep. Um, uh, pretty well known in the, in the tracking dog world, especially yep. down here. I'd say, yep. um, I was actually fortunate enough. I've got a puppy that would be a grand puppy off of his, his stock of dogs. Um, and I'm just going to peddle with it. But I, I know you and, and all the guys in your group, I've, I'll probably lean on just to ask questions. But I want it just, just for me to piddle and play and, and have. Um,
1: That's where I started. Just yeah. wait.
0: I, I know yeah. it. Yeah. You'll be putting your number out there in about three years. Well, and that's the thing, you know. I talked to Tanner, and I'm like, "Hey, I want to go on the track with you just just because I like to get a perspective before I I die off in it. My pup's young, but I just I have too many other irons in the fire. Yeah, but I know the feeling. Me and you and and some guys in y'all's group that that work shift work. It's hard. If I had a dog <laughs> that panned out, it'd be hard for me to be sitting at home on a Wednesday right you know oh man i could be doing something
1: well with me it was more of just i want to teach his dog how to do something i don't want he's a great dog like with gus he's a great dog let me teach him how to do something you know what i mean just even if it's just finding deer for our buddies at the camp i want to teach him how to do something
0: well, and that's the thing. He's a he's a working dog, essentially, so he's not a lap dog. He, he probably wants it just as bad as you want it.
1: Oh, they love it. So while we're on that note, we uh, whenever it gets to be tracking season and tracking time, they've got a certain word. I'll tell them wherever. Once it gets to be well in the tracking season, I don't have to tell them anything, but... When I look at them, and say "Y'all ready?" They run to the door. They're ready to roll, uh, ready to go. But once it gets later in the tracking season, if they hear me go and start putting my blue jeans on or something, or get their vest or something like that, they're ready to roll. So it's it, they love it, man. They, it's it's something that they enjoy.
0: Well, um, let me ask you this: Do you have any any? Uh... Memorable tracks or, or anything you want to talk about? Like, I know.
1: Oh, I do. I've got plenty. But I'll tell you one. Um, one actually happened last year. So, I'm sitting in the bow stand. And I get a text from a really good friend of mine. Said that his little boy had just shot a doe, his first deer, with a crossbow. He is your And... I asked us to come and track it. So I climbed down early. I got down probably 45 minutes early. Drive home, get the dog, run back over there, and I thought it was gonna be an easy track. Looking at the arrow, I inspected the arrow, thought it was gonna have an easy track. So I was gonna run my young dog, Allie, on it. So I get Allie out, turn her loose on the track where she runs. 150 yards in and starts baying yes. Well I look yeah. at them and tell them like deer's alive man so the deer jumps runs another three four hundred yards Allie gets it stopped and bait up and we got in and killed a deer and uh got the boy's first deer killed and it was a pretty cool experience especially for a young dog to do it
0: so uh Talk to Tanner. I talked to, you know, listen to some other guy's stuff. When it comes to tracking these deer, I know most have said this, and I'm sure you're the same way, but I just asked you, does it matter if it's a doe or if it's a 180-inch deer?
1: I don't care if it's a 227-inch deer or if it's a doe. I treat every track exactly the same. It doesn't matter to me.
0: And I'm sure the dogs don't know the difference in a trophy deer no. or a doe
1: no dogs dogs don't carry either way
0: but it it sounds like for you and and probably for most of them that kid shooting that first deer probably means a little bit more
1: oh yeah even though it was a doe it was it was great and the dog got to bathe the deer dog get great it it's it's a great feeling it to me i would rather run my dogs than hunt nowadays
0: Well, and that was kind of, so in my hunting club, we, we had a couple of kids shoot some deer last year and, and we ended up not getting them recovered. Um, we, we called some dogs. We had some dog, I, I wasn't there for all of it, but the the end result was we didn't get no deer. So that was kind of half of the reason why I got this, this pup, because I've got my twins, they'll be five in December. My little boy is ready. He he don't know it, but he he's ready. He he, if I put my three hundred eight out the window and told him to pull the trigger, he's letting her eat. So for yeah. me, the last thing I want is for my son to be discouraged that he don't get to recover a deer, especially when he's you know just now starting to hunt and he enjoys it. And so I, I'm sure. Y'all experience that a lot whenever y'all go to track for people.
1: Well, and for the kids, that's the main thing. And whenever to me, if a kid shoots, just call us and call me. We we enjoy that more than anything. I recovered a deer last year for a lady that was my age. First year first deer And I enjoyed that more than anything, just seeing the look on her face whenever we got to the deer. And so on that note, I'm going to branch off a little bit. I had a guy tell me this year, this summer, he says, man, I almost called you last year. I said, well, you should have. So he tells me, he says, man, it took us five hours to find this deer. We looked for five hours, deer didn't run 100 yards in a big palmetto thicket it's like dude them dogs are found a deer in four minutes so that's the thing and people sometimes forget they think that the dogs are causing a big commotion in the woods and they're really not um, you walking through the woods for five hours is causing a lot more ruckus than this dog is for five minutes if that makes sense
0: Oh, yeah, we, we see it and hear it all the time, you know. Uh, these guys are like, man, I don't want dogs on my lease, and I don't want them messing with the deer and this and that. And At the end of the day, the, the dog is a tool to recover the deer, to get in there and get out and, and make it a lot faster.
1: When them deer see, they see coyotes, they see foxes, they see dog-type stuff all day, every day. So a dog running by them is not, is not nearly as much as me and you walking by them.
0: Correct. Yeah, my wife, uh, I am sure she would have uh, appreciated us having our own dog last year. She shot her first deer. Um, My wife is actually a very, very good shooter. Uh, 100 yards broadside, she double long one, and he ran about 80 yards. Uh, he it was blood. a doe piled up, but we had to go through a cutover and I'm on my hands and knees. Cause it's so thick yeah. and, uh, my wife shot. So she had to come with me and, uh, I'm sure she would have appreciated the dog cause we could have found it a little bit quicker and, yeah. uh, she wouldn't have had to drag it out. Probably.
1: Well, we just want to help people. It's just what it's all about is helping people, helping people, helping kids. The kid, we love the kids. I'll drop what I'm doing to go for a kid track. So it's all about helping people and and not not wasting game and stuff like that.
0: So. Gotcha. Well, um, for the listeners out there, I'm going to put some stuff in the uh, in the bio for this podcast. But if uh, if somebody was wanting to reach out to y'all, what would be some of the ways that they could do it?
1: They could do it through Facebook look at Team Po' Boys on Facebook. And um, if they need a dog or something, they could make a post or we have uh, our numbers posted on there. They could text us. They could call us. They could send us a Facebook message, however they'd like to do it.
0: Can you give the listeners a general area of kind of what y'all cover?
1: Well, with Team Po' Boys, we have actually... We can cover anything of South Louisiana, Southern Miss Mississippi, um, and we have contacts throughout the country. I mean, if you if you're in Kansas, and you shoot a deer and think that you need a dog, call us. We can we can try to work around and try to find you a dog out there. So we're not just here, but for us to re- to respond, it's normally Southern Louisiana Southern Mississippi.
0: Oh. Gotcha. Um, what about is there a fee or anything like how does that work as far as if y'all come out um to track a deer for somebody
1: sometimes there is and it's it's different per tracker um for a kid i personally don't charge for a first deer i personally don't charge so it's free of charge for kids first deer things like that um different trackers do different things so the next guy might charge you i might not so that's all it's all on the tracker
0: but at the end of the day it it costs you time money equipment vet bills feed dog feed so if correct it's it's appreciative if you were to get a tip
1: correct yeah like i i take my dogs to the vet twice a year i just took them two weeks ago and um each vet visit was five hundred dollars so you looking at a thousand dollars a year that I go and bring my dogs to the vet. So a tip is is nice, but on a kid's deer or a first deer, I'm absolutely I'm not taking any money. I don't want any money. We do it because we like it.
0: Gotcha. Well man, we've been doing it about 35, 36 minutes. Um I know I told you we were gonna try to do you know two guys Uh, on the same podcast but how we did it is we're going to break it up uh we'll go to commercial break or sponsor break and then when we come back i'll be talking to Derek. but before we wrap this this first half of the episode up is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners or get out or anything no man i just i want people to call us we enjoy it we want to do it don't think you're
1: bothering us call us when my phone rings My wife can tell you when the phone rings, I drop everything and run to it and start getting dressed. We enjoy it. You're not bothering us. We really enjoy it. Come look, Luke. Look, Luke's going to tell y'all something. What? You, You enjoy tracking deer, boy? Yes, sir. You ready to go tracking? Yes, sir. He's ready.
0: Well, I think Luke's probably ready to track deer, but I think Luke may be ready for in the morning a little more
1: yeah yeah i think he's ready to go luke you ready to go tomorrow morning? yes sir all he knows yeah. I, all he knows how to say is yes sir
0: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> all right well well man i appreciate it um like i said i'll put all y'all's contact stuff in the bio and uh yeah do that i look forward to uh talking to you later on through the year and I, i may try to slip over and come with you one day on a track like i said i'm I'm piddling with my puppy, and I'd like to just kind of sit back and watch and learn myself.
1: Dude, I love when people come on track with me. It's, yep, you, are you are you a turkey hunter at all?
0: No, unfortunately. So this, that's, that's about the only thing that I don't hunt.
1: So this is almost like turkey hunting. You get to walk around, bullshit with your buddies. It's I love it. I, if, if I can bring somebody with me, I'll bring them. It's not like hunting to where you're trying to be quiet, this and that. Like we're we're hanging out. We're going tracking deer. Look for blood, doing whatever. And so if well, you ever want to go, let me know.
0: That'll work. And I told uh I told Tanner this year for hunting season gets over, we're gonna go make a make a round with these squirrel dogs and uh bring the little yeah. boy, let him shoot him a squirrel or two. There you go well all man right, we appreciate it thank you and really? uh like i said i'll i'll soon as we come back from uh, our sponsor break we'll be talking to mr Derek edwards
1: all right dude we'll talk to you later on
0: all right all take right, care kirk bye-bye Bye. hey guys we've teamed up with light boots they have the lightest 16 inch waterproof boot ever made They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com, and they gave us a discount code for 10% off THDP10. Y'all go check them out. Hello, Derek. Yes, sir. Hey, man, how's it going?
2: Oh, it's going.
0: I heard that. I uh, I just interviewed kind of your counterpart, Kurt, and he uh, he said he was enjoying <laughs> this weather. It's finally starting to cool off a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah, 94 instead of 104.
0: Well, I'll take it. <laughs> it, it the yeah. cool days are coming. Yep. We, we we almost to the end.
2: I know. I'm ready for
0: them yeah i think everybody is down here well um everybody at the hunt and dog public podcast i'm your host miles miller and uh tonight it's kind of a two-part episode uh we spoke with kurt allen in the beginning on the tracking dogs and uh now we got uh mr Derek edwards um mr Derek, if you would just kind of uh, give an introduction tell the people who you are where you're from and how you got started all
2: right uh, my name is edwards i'm 32 years old from around Southeast Louisiana, Albany, Hammond area. Uh, Been tracking wounded deer for about better part of 10 years now. Started out years ago with deer hounds and fox hounds and just kinda, as I got married, and I got four kids now and just didn't have the time for all that, but still wanted to do something with a working know. Just slowly progressed over into tracking. A uh, lot more time at home. It ain't as much. You ain't got to hunt them quite as much and take care of them like you do a actual hunting hound. So it's a lot easier to do with the kids. <coughs> it's just something we fell in love with, and I've done moved over to the blackmouth curs now. That's I got four of them right now. I just had a new one shipped in from Missouri yesterday morning. Uh, we. Me and another one of the members on our team, Jeremy Cooper and Tanner Burkhalter, we all run black mouths. Uh, I think every one of us runs some type of cur dog. They got a few of us running catahoulas. Then you got Kurt and Cody, you know, they're kind of goofy and wanted a bird dog to track deer with. But, uh, I think we got one lab in the group, but. For the most part, we're all running some kind of car. Whether it's our main dog or we got one in the box, anyway. They just seem to be a more versatile dog. I can to say that the best there is, because some of them aren't, but just from what we found in our group, most of us, all of us in our group have one to put in the box at some point in time. It ain't our main dogs, but for me, that's what I fell in love with, was the blackmouths, Dove off in them with both feet when I finally got into them.
0: Gotcha. Well, when you when you finally got into them, you said it was about 10 years ago?
2: Well, 10 years ago when I started tracking, I had a Catahoula. Uh, I've tracked with a Catahoula. Actually, I lost him last March at a little over 10 years old. Uh, I have had Catahoula's bloodhounds, walker hounds, running walkers. And then I got into the black mouths about three and a half years ago, and I don't know, just the. For me, it's just the perfect dog for me. They they might not be for everybody, but they're just. I fell in love with them. Just about everybody I know that's got one has fell in love with them. Just as a breed, you you almost can't beat them.
0: Gotcha. So, uh, if you would kind of walk us through, your. Catahoula We'll start with him. Uh, is it? It's a male dog.
2: Yeah, he was a male dog. Um, he was just old grade Catahoula come off somebody's farm. He wasn't no registered, just old style, more blocky, blocky headed Catahoula male dog. He would he'd go find one. You know, I, I didn't know nothing about it starting out. I just wanted something to do with him, and so I'm gonna try to make him a blood dog. And that's before I knew anything about tracking and. Me and him kind of learned together, and as he got a little older, the wife said, look, that's I, we got him originally from my oldest daughter now, and she was scared to death we were going to lose him. So that's when I had to, I kind of semi-retired him and started using, I went and got a bloodhound. And I'm probably going to hurt some feelings, but I, I can't, and I might have had a bad one out the bunch. I don't know. If that's something I had no brain. He was just the goofiest dog God put on this earth. And I went from him to some running walkers and they were the same way. They ain't had no brains. And I was trying to get back to the car. You know, I knew the cars had the brains, uh, everybody around running Ladner cars. I wanted something different for some reason at the time. I just didn't want what everybody had. And I went and got a half Ladner, half weather for being male. And that's my main dog I have now. Um, he's probably 65 pounds when he's in shape. Right now he's pushing 75. I don't make him do nothing in the summer. Summertime he's just a dog. Uh, but by the end of deer season he'll be 10 down, 62, 65 pounds. And he's uh just a go-getter. They just uh, all out give you 125% every time you unsnap him. He's gone. He don't care if he's got to go a mile or if he go. I found him at 90 foot before, and I found him at two miles with him. You know, it don't matter. Anywhere in between, he'll go.
0: You uh you said you got him as a pup?
2: Yeah, I got him at six weeks old from a man in uh, Crowley, Louisiana, over towards Texas.
0: And... On, uh, so you raised him well, You did all the training yourself.
2: Yes, I've uh, all three of mine that I got that'll track right now. Every training dog, every tracking dog I've ever had, I've trained myself. Uh, and I've I learned more and more every one I train. It, I haven't trained none of them the same yet because I learned from the last ones
0: well and that's we was going to kind of talk i talked to kurt a little bit and you know it's like everything else they got different philosophies <laughs> in different ways but what what have you done with yours that that helped you how did you train them did you some people squirt blood on the ground some people drag oh, hides what, what was your technique
2: i start mine on hide uh they got some people do the blood they'll do the They buy them shoes that the hoof will fit in and walk through the woods. To be honest, now that I know what I know now, I look for natural instinct in a dog over anything. Uh, My male dog, Spanky, my main dog, I laid three mock tracks training him before he started on live deer. I started him the second week of September. The 3rd of October, my wife shot a doe with her bow, and that was the first deer Spanky found, and he ain't done a mock track since.
0: All right, I gotta ask. How did the name (laughs) Spanky come about?
2: (laughs) Oh, man, off the Little Rascals. Had a little kid on the Little Rascals named Spanky. Uh, I had a couple other names picked out and the wife didn't like uh every one of my dogs has got goofy names i try to i try to be a jokester with the paper names his registered name is diamond e kennels spanky doodle instead of yankee doodle it's spanky doodle uh just fun with the kids the kids i let them name stuff i got a dog named sugar bear uh we just have fun with it man we involve the kids uh I got a big male dog right now, just made a year old. His name and registered name is Given to Boone. Uh, we just just try to incorporate where they come from and put a little joke in there some kind of way.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I just I heard that, and I said, man, I, I got to know. I mean, uh, <laughs> Spanky's probably yeah, I not, not a, a common name in the <laughs> dog world.
2: No. Uh-oh. I got another one right now. The one I was talking about just come in from Missouri. Uh, we named her special. It's a big running joke on the black mouth community of certain breeders call other breeders puppy meals. So I swore up and down. If I ever bought me a full blooded Ladner dog, her name was going to be puppy Mill special. And I just got me a full blooded Ladner yesterday morning. And shipper dropped her off. And that's her name. Just a, I just like to poke at people a little bit sometimes.
0: Well, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, I know. I'm sure y'all do it in you know, y'all's y'all's tracking group. I've got some guys in, in my squirrel hunting group. We poke at each other, and and even in our our podcast group, we uh, there's not many days go by that somebody's not messing with somebody.
2: Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's all fun and games till October first, and the tracking world can get a little heated sometimes. Uh, end of the day, we're all out there trying to accomplish the same thing: find deer, put put good dogs on tracks. You know, we're trying. If somebody calls, we're just trying to recover their deer. We all pick and joke, and there's times tempers flare. We get mad with somebody, and somebody take a joke a little too far. It's just, it's dog hunting. You know, it's no different than dog hunting. And a lot of guys don't realize that. I've been around the dog hunting my whole life. And if you can't pick about my dogs better than your dog, you ain't going to make it long.
0: Correct. And if if you've been in the dog hunting world long enough, if you ever just brag on yours a little too much, <coughs> they will oh, humble you.
2: Quick and in a hurry. Yep. yep that's uh, It don't take much for one to make them make a butt out of you quick
0: well what uh so you got you got spanky he's three and a half you you, he's your go-to dog
2: oh yeah he's he's my ace in the hole right now uh he made three in march this last winter in november at a two and a half year old male dog he had found a hundred deer he made his hundredth recovery back in november uh i can't tell you how many i have put him on I quit keeping count. I know I've wore out a couple sets of tires and a bunch of lacrosse boots. Uh, Everybody wants to know what it takes to make a good tracking dog, and it's just like any other hunting dog. you got to put time in the woods. Uh, I was an avid deer hunter until I started tracking. Now, I hadn't pulled a trigger on a deer in over four years for myself.
0: got well i feel like i'm i've talked to kurt and i've talked to tanner and them a little bit i i acquired a puppy back in the springtime yeah. uh, catahoula and i'm a to piddle with it a little bit and uh my pup is actually bred kind of similar to kurt's you uh, it, it's a grand pup that comes back to randall Duvall's stock of dogs so he's got he's got some of the tracking blood in him but you know i don't know yeah. if he'll make a tracking dog or just be a pet but i'm gonna peddle with him a little bit no. uh,
2: any of them will go if you if you've been around dogs you know drive you, you see one that's got it and don't got it um, that's the main thing is they gotta have the drive and the hunt if they ain't got it you can make them find them but if the dog ain't doing it because he wants to you ain't gonna get a hundred percent out of him when you turn him loose
0: that's exactly right. Um, well what what are the other two dogs that you got and uh just kinda walk us through how you, um, how you track and and what you use, do you okay. use them all or or one or how you
2: seventy-five um, percent of the time when I show up I'm gonna have just Spanky in the box. I'm trying to get something just I want he's molded what a tracking dog should be for me. He ain't everybody's cup of tea. Some people don't like going out there and going 600 yards, tromping through the woods to say, well, we, this deer is not going to die. Uh, but to me, if he, he just strikes out and goes, and that's, he's my number one. I've got a puppy at the house that made a year old August 30th off of Spanky and a female that I had uh, that females now in Utah with my buddy, Matt Wilson up there. She tracks elk now. Uh, but I, raised a litter last year of 12 and I kept one and we cast the one my daughter named Sugar Bear and she's I'm I put her on some last year she found her first one at 16 weeks old it was 18 hour old track I've been stomped down by four hunters all night looking now the deer wasn't about 85 yards from where they shot it they was just looking the wrong way but for a 16 week old puppy I was pretty dang impressed but she's this will be her first full year as a grown dog, and I'm looking for her to be right there with her daddy. Uh, she's she's got the fire, she's got the grit, she's got the brains. I know she's got the ability to do it. And where I said earlier, my number one thing in training is natural ability. It is she found some deer last year? this summer spring as far as tracking training she hasn't seen a single bit Uh, now all my dogs got a handle they all got a recall i can turn my three grown dogs loose at one time and i can make one of them sit at my feet while the other two run around or i can have them all sit at my feet they just i'm gonna have a handle on a dog before they do anything else but i look for sugar to be right there with Spanky this year. Now, I can't say that she will 100%, but I think she is. I've seen a bunch of dogs and she's just got it. Uh, I got another male dog there. He made a year in May, I think May 20th, he made a year old. Uh, he comes from my buddy, Jeremy Cooper. He's on the team with us. He had bred his female Molly Joe to a dog out of Georgia. And my wife just had to have her own dog. So I said, okay, well, you can pick the dog. I'm, I'm going to kind of try to steer you in the right direction. I'm going to let you pick what you want. And we found out Coop was making that cross. She went, when they was born, she picked him from the day he was born. She fell in love with a certain puppy. And uh, he's a big old, goofy, square-built dog, just as pretty as you ever want to lay eyes on. Uh, He's probably 85 pounds right now. He's, he's a man. And last year, at five months old, he was finding deer by itself. Um, he was in on his first catch of a live deer. Of, it had been muzzleloader weekend of last season. So what's that early November. He was born in May. Um, went on a track. A woman said she shot a deer standing broadside. She had fat blew all over the food plot. And I had never seen nothing like it. Just the the amount of fat that was blue everywhere. And we put dogs on it and Spanky goes in there, 150 yards and falls bait. Now when he bays, he locates like a coon hound. Let's have a long ball and then it goes into a chop. And so when he located, I knew he had it. I started to him, Boone, which is my big male dog. He struck in there to it. This deer still had all four feet. He was not hurt. He wound up stomping Spanky and hooking him. It wound up being a spike buck. And Spanky come back to me hurt. So Boone pushed the deer another 200 yards till I could check Spanky out and he went back. Uh, They wound up going another 200 and catching him in a briar thicket there. I got to him, this deer, the only thing that was hurt on him is they broke his tailbone. His literal tail was shot off. And about a quarter size piece of his high quarter was blew out and that's where the fat come from that big hunk of fat right on top of the deer's tailbone and like i said boone was in on that at five months old with no you can't train that you can't train catching you can't train baying and training tracking all you can train is the scent you train them to follow what scent you want the rest of it's just been natural ability
0: they got gotcha so what uh we t- touched on a little bit earlier what scent do you try to to start them on uh the the boon and your female what how do you start them i know you said you had kind of learn uh, just from-
2: to, i just keep pieces of hide i got i got some legs in the freezer that i keep uh when i had that litter of 12 I'd break a leg out, tie it on a rope, and just play with the dog. Let them get out there and play tug-of-war with deer legs, you know, just introduce them to the smell. Uh As they get older, when you finally single out the one you keep in or you go purchase your one puppy, I just take a chunk of deer hide on them, one square foot or so and just start out dragging it a little piece. You ain't got to drag it far to start. You drag it out there 20, 30 foot and make him use his nose to find it once he gets to it, you love on him, you pet him, play with him with that deer hide, play tug of war, you know, make it as much of the game as you can at a puppy. And then you just slowly progress the tracks harder and harder, you know. Once you, my catahoula I trained 10 years ago when I was learning all this, I had, I'd lay tracks five, 600 yards for him. I've learned I don't have to do that no more, so I don't do it no more. Uh, once you go, once you can go 250 yards or so, couple good 90 degree turns you when you can slam that track pretty easy there ain't much more i need to teach you at that point other than put you on some live deer yeah, not necessarily live but real life situations
0: me <clears throat> me and kurt talked about a little bit earlier uh, depending on somebody calls you they got a track depending on what type of track it is does that depend on what dog you bring? Do you try to? Uh, I know one hundred percent. I know um, you you want to have them numbers, right? You want to have you know as many times you can get that dog on a track is is what's going to make the dog.
2: Well, yeah, I want to work my dog as much as I possibly can. But if it call, if you call me and it's a, hey, I got leg bone in the food plot. I done jumped the deer twice. We went six hundred yards and jumped him twice already. Uh, he's not bleeding anymore, but he's bedding down every couple hundred yards. I'm probably gonna keep my puppy back and go ahead and bring the good dog. You know, go ahead and bring Spanky. If I can't make it, you know, we, I'll call one of the other guys. We all got. There's a certain certain dogs you call in that situation, but uh, Spanky can do it. So if it was me going, I'd leave mine either in the box or at home. Uh, very seldom leave the house without them, at least in the box. And I'll pull up on a track if I think it's something that puppy can handle or that young dog can handle. I'll just explain to the hunter, look, I am I got this young dog here. If you don't mind me trying it or you don't mind me putting it on it, on this track, if it can't work it out, or if I feel like this dog ain't doing what it's supposed to do, I can come back to the truck. I got eighteen still on the other side of the box. Yeah. Or I can make a phone call. Uh, that's one thing I try to do if I'm going to haul a puppy. It's hard to bring a puppy when you got a dog you know can do it. So you, you cut their time short. You'll get aggravated with them. You'll get frustrated with them. So you'll just ask heck with it and put them back in the box, and you get the good dog out. I learned last year I kept I left Spanky at home a few times and would bring Boone by himself. And if it was something he couldn't handle, sometimes it was quicker for me to pick up the phone and call Kurt or – you know, call, call one of the other guys and say, hey, look, run over here. I'm at such and such. Come over here and bring your dog. Boom, can't do it. And that's number one thing with starting a young dog, if you're going to go track for somebody, is know when you, you've you got to call it at some point. You can hurt more than you can help with a young dog sometimes. Uh, you get in there and push a deer further than it should have been pushed just because you want your dog to find that deer. Once he learns he can move on three legs, if you get a leg shot deer, he's pretty hard to stop. Uh, you go in there and jump him once, he's probably going to bed back down a few hundred yards. You go in there and jump him again, he might bed down again, but chances are he's done said, hey, I can move pretty good without this one leg, and and you never know where he's going to stop at after that. Uh, it's all up to whether or not he wants to stop and fight the dogs at that point
0: gotcha so what is something if you could give some advice to the hunters before they pick the phone up and call you what would what would some be some of the things that you would want to see happen and what would be some things that you would rather not happen
2: uh, number one thing I tell my hunters is make sure you know where the deer went you know try to and we all get excited you don't know try to make a note of where the deer went go there and check it Give yourself a little bit, you know, that's that's also part of hunting. As much as I love to work my dog, that's part of being outdoorsman, part of being a hunter. You've got to give it 110% yourself before you call for backup. Uh, I'm not saying go tromp through the woods a mile looking, but go look. Make you a 60, 70-yard loop. You know, make you a uh, 60, 70, even a 100-yard loop. Look, see what you find. When you come back to the food plot, you're like, all right, I didn't find nothing. Let me assess the spot again where you shot the deer. Don't call 17 buddies and say, hey, I know I hit it. It went this way. Let's just all take off through here walking. Maybe we'll walk over it. Uh, That's one of the worst things you can do. You're going to contaminate the track. I ain't saying a good dog can't work through it eventually and find the deer, but you're going to contaminate it. It's going to be a lot slower. You could turn a five minute track into a five hour track by doing that. Uh, I've never had one take five hours, but just as a little exaggeration. But uh, you just, you're delaying it. You're taking that scent, you're getting that deer scent on your boots or your buddy's boots. you zigzagging, you crossing, you grid searching. Well, then you took a, a line of a scent where the deer run, and you turned it into a half acre block of scent that the dog has to work out. And unless you got one that'll just throw his head up and blow through it and try to find something on the backside, you know, a dog gonna put his nose down gonna stay right there and it's gonna it's gonna mess with his head for a little while.
0: What uh, what are some things that you'd other than that, like uh me and Kirk talked about it and uh I know Tanner's talked about it before. Hey, I got a buddy that's got a beagle or my house dog or <laughs> I'm sure you don't yeah. want to go in after other dogs if you can help it.
2: If I can help it, I don't want to. Um, but in the same sense, it gets aggravating. But if you truly love, I'm going to call tracking a sport. Just to me, it is. It'd be just like somebody trying to come in and train a coon dog or a squirrel dog on your hunting property. You know, at some point, you got to give these new dogs a chance, but you don't take one that's. I ain't never, you don't go get your rabbit dog out the house and say, Well, I think I can make him track it. If the dog hasn't had some sort of tracking training, it's best to, if you're going to call somebody, you know, if you have our number, if you don't have our number, you don't have a way to get in touch with us, and you do that and then call us, it's one thing. Uh, but don't go out there with your neighbor's German. I had a guy bring a German Shepherd out a couple years ago, his neighbor's German Shepherd. Well, mm. It found the cat under the shed last week, so we thought it'd find this deer. And they out there with Fido walking around the woods for three hours before they called me. Oh, uh, it turned into a fiasco. We ended up in the neighbor's field with the donkeys and everything else. Where that night was over. <coughs> but yeah, just don't throw just any dog out there on a the track. Don't don't call you buddy your neighbor's yard dog out there. Um, if you know a guy with a dog and you're going to call somebody, any reputable dog in South Louisiana, if I don't have his phone number, I can get it pretty quick. Uh, so say you shoot one and you call me. Well, I can't make it for a couple hours. And I talk to you and say, how hey, I'll be a couple hours. And you tell me that's fine. Don't call 47 other people because chances are they already know that I'm lined up to come over there and you'll have 14 different people fighting over one deer track Uh, that's one thing it's gotten to here the past couple years is everybody and their brother wants a tracking dog now but it ain't like coon hunting fox hunting or anything like that where you can go out in the woods and just go run your dog hunters gotta call you before before you can do anything so when they go to call on everybody everybody's jumping wanting to go Uh, We call it shotgunning, where you just send the call out to seven, eight different people. You get all kind of mixed up, messed up, or that's when you end up with a, well, I know a guy, he's got a dog that's seven years old. He's found three deer. Let's try it. These other guys are taking too long to get here. Sometimes it's best to just wait. There's a reason it's going to take us two or three hours to get to you. It's because we're lined up on other tracks already, you know. It's not, we're not just putting you off. So sometimes you just got to wait and don't call. I just ask people, don't call 47 different guys.
0: Well, and that's the thing, you know, you talked about make sure it's a a reputable guy. I'm in a hunting lease in Mississippi and kind of the reason that it came about of me getting this curb up was we had some, our our hunting club is not very big. I, I say it's not very big. It's 3,500 acres, but we only have 20 members. I think every member, every member in our club's got a kid, uh, except for one. So most of our members have kids. Well, they shoot a bunch. We had three three kids shot last year, and uh, I wasn't there for all of it, but we had some dogs called and some. We Long story short, we didn't get the deer recovered that I felt like at least two of the three should have been and uh i kind of told myself i said you know what I, i'm just gonna fool with this dog and i'll have it for my hunting camp and that's the main reason that i got it if i can go up there and and help them kids find their deer to me that's more than you know oh, way than yeah. me killing a uh, deer
2: that's one thing every guy in our little group the team Boys group we uh we all will go way above and beyond to try to find a kid's deer. Uh, I know Cody Delight spent two days last year. He went two separate times trying to get a kid's first deer. Uh, the deer crossed property lines. They couldn't get permission. He backed out, told the hunter, you know, get permission. I'll come back tomorrow. We'll get on him again. And uh, wind up, ended up at a big pond in the woods on some other private property and about a, sure the deer ended up in that pond, but they never recovered that deer. And that makes us sick. If there's one deer that I can recover, I want a kid's deer. Uh, A grown man, you shoot a deer and don't recover him, I don't really feel bad for you. You should have shot better. (laughs) But a kid, I want to find that deer every time I go. And that's kind of one of the things that got us to put our little team together is to where whenever somebody calls, we know we're sending a good dog you ain't sending just some random dog um, and i'm not saying that our dogs are better than other people's everybody else's but we know who's got good dogs in what areas we could send if we got to we'll call them tanner calls them subcontractors they ain't part of our team but we got their number if we need them uh, so we shoot one over and say up north louisiana there's a guy up there, JD Cottle. He ain't on actual team po' boys as a, you know, a member or one of us. I I ain't really a member. It's just some guys got together, but we'll call him. Hey man, either if you can get to it or find me a good dog to get to this track. That's what started our group is there's some other groups out there that let you join their group with a puppy that you're training. You or the puppy, neither one have experience and they'll let you join their group and go track deer for the public. Uh, we that's just one of our things we don't feel that's right Um, now you got friends in the thing that will back you and go with you and bring their grown dog and let you try your puppy if it don't work out they turn loose behind you is one thing you know everybody every dog has got to start somewhere but there's certain tracks puppies don't go on
0: gotcha well um so I talked to. I've, I've kept up and, and tried to look up some stuff. When y'all go on these tracks, do do y'all charge, or is there a fee, or how's that work?
2: We don't charge. I'm I'm not going to tell you you owe me this to show up. Oh, uh, and we accept tips. You can pay us. We will take the you, you can pay us but it's whatever it's worth to you for me to find your deer now in saying that if you call me i had a guy called last year wanted me to go to philadelphia mississippi well from my house that's four and a half hours four hours or so it's a long ways you know i'm not going there for free so i'm gonna we're gonna have to work something out at that point say hey Either let me get you another dog there, and he was the guy I've known me. He bought my last running walker hounds I ever had. He's known me for years. He wanted Spanky on the track. I said, look, you can get him. but It's going to cost you for me to show up, or I can find you a good dog close. Um, Usually, we try to stay within 20, 30 miles. We will go a little further if we got to. Uh, I know Tanner, he went up to Natchez, Mississippi a couple years ago for a kid's deer, just because it was for a kid and didn't charge a penny, you know. Uh, for kids, we won't charge a dime. For you, uh, elder, your grandpa shoots deer and calls me. I'm an elderly man. I'm not going to charge him just because I wouldn't want nobody doing that to my grandpa if he needed help, you know. Uh, it's just situation. If you want to throw us twenty, thirty dollars for gas money, we're happy with it. I had a man pay me twelve dollars last year, and I was just happy with that. As he to give me four hundred. It was the only cash he had in his wallet it was $12. And he said, I'll send you a check. I said, you don't owe me a dime. You can keep $12. I don't even need that. But he argued me up and down until I took it. Uh, we do it for the dogs. We don't do it. You're not out there to make money. You're not out there to make a killing. We love what we do. We love watching dogs work. Uh, it's just a line of work we've put our dogs into. And we, we do it for them. You know, if you feel you owe me something at the end of a track, I come out there and I we run one down a mile and catch it and it was never going to die and you wind up getting your deer anyway. And then, yeah, you, if you want to pay us, that's fine. We'll take it. But there's no set amount. You know, th- these guys, they got guys out there. Hey, it's $50 for me to show up or it's $2 a mile for me to drive to you. Eh, I ain't into that. Because I want to work my dog, and the only way I'm going to work my dog is if the hunter calls me to work
0: him. Right. But at the end of the day, you're taking time away from your family. Gas right. is not free. Uh, you take care of your dogs. I'm sure you have vet bills and <coughs> dog feed and wormer, heart wormer, and everything else. So it's appreci- I mean, yeah. it's appreciated if every right. once in a while – you do get a tip or you know somebody does uh bless you with a little bit of money for doing this
2: right yeah it's it's greatly appreciated that's no uh, but then again it's a that's a hobby we've chose and whether i was as the way i feel about my dogs right now is if they outlawed tracking tomorrow and i could never track with my dogs again i'd still own all four of the dogs i have i'd still have them i'd still take care of them i'd still feed them uh because at the end of the day, they're they're just as much pets as they are working dogs. I can turn any one of my dogs loose with all four of my kids at one time and never have to worry about them. Uh, not have to worry about the dog doing anything crazy. You ain't got to worry about nobody coming and touching them. <laughs> Best babysitters there is. But uh, so at the end of the day, you know we do it for the dog. We're not out there trying to make a paycheck. It is appreciated though.
0: Gotcha well uh man what was give, give us a, a a tracking story what was your wildest or most memorable track that you've had whether it was mm. last year or, or throughout your tracking career
2: uh i mean the most memorable is going to be when my when spanky finally found his 100th deer that was just it couldn't happen for a better person it's where a good buddy of mine jimmy singleton he uh it's a funny story, there was a big deer shot on this power line the evening before. They brought, somebody else brought a yard dog out there and tried it. Uh, we got wind of the track the next day. Cody DeLette's in our group, he, he's he got a bird dog. And when I tell you he's got a bird dog that's just outstanding, I'll argue with most people he's probably the best in the state of Louisiana right now. Uh, and that's coming from a man that's got four tracking dogs himself. You know, he, he's just got, he's a beast. Well, he was working this track on this power line. And I knew where Jimmy hunted was close to it. This power line goes in there and makes a 90. It's up by Greensburg, Louisiana. And they was coming off of one highway tracking the deer that was shot the night before. And I get a phone call from Jimmy right at dark. Cody and him was already turned loose on another deer. He's man, I just shot one monster buck. You know, biggest deer I've shot at in years. But I don't know that I hit him. I shot at him standing broadside. He turned and ran straight down his power line for a couple hundred yards. He shooting a pump-action 410, 14, 270, And he went, I don't know, 250 yards on the power line. Shot all five times at him. So we took him. I called Cody first because I was like, you know what? He's got to be close to it. I called Cody. I said, did you hear some gunshots a few minutes ago? He said, yeah. Sounded like it was right on top of us. It was five shots. I said, all right. I'm going to track that deer. I think it's the same deer you're already tracking, though. I get in there. We'll drive back in there. It's on Tickfall River up there in Greensburg. We get on that power line. And Jimmy said, I have no clue where the deer was standing. I, I don't remember nothing. I just know he was in this pipeline. So I cut Spank loose and said, I just hit him down the power line. I said, you know, find him. He went a little ways and he had his nose on the ground, but he just looks like he's just running down the middle of the power line. He goes down there 247 yards. He hangs right off the power line and immediately goes on point on the Garmin. I said, there ain't no way he's got the deer right there. You know, I ain't, I ain't telling Jimmy nothing. I'm just walking at this point. We walk up there and I get to where he left the power line, and I turn my headlight into the woods. <coughs> and there is a uh, about 19 and a half inch wide, just prettiest big old wide seven points you ever seen, laying 20 yards off the power line. Uh, I got to call. There wasn't a speck of blood from where he shot the deer to there. He shot. Uh, he missed the deer completely the first shot. I guess as the deer was turning to run, when he shot the second time, he went in the flanks. And just come up through the chest cavity, bullet never exited, and deer never bled a drop. Um, that's probably one of my most memorable ones, just because it was his 100th. It was for my for a real good friend of mine. You know, we got to do a bunch of high-fiving, drug him up to the camp, took a picture with the grandkids and the dog. And it was just a real, real exciting time to find that deer. Um,
0: Did, you ever fa- had some- Did you ever find out if that was the same deer that... Uh, it Cody was tracking. It was not the deer.
2: Cody was tracking. Showed back up two days later, Uh-oh. but he was just as big a man as the one we found. Yeah, they was they got some hammers right there, but, yeah, it wound up not being the same deer. Just we was hoping, you know. When I got to him and looked him over, I said, so "There's only one bullet hole. Can't be him." <coughs> But you no, know, the deer Cody was tracking ended up back on camera a few days later. Uh, I've had some ones that you should have never found that we found. Uh, I went on one up above the Tower Tracks riding area there in Greensburg last year. And man, we rode in on a four wheeler for, felt like 30 minutes back in there. Joseph Brabham, buddy of ours, I went with him. It's somebody he hunts with. And we get on this four-wheeler, and we take off down this trail. And I said, there ain't no way nobody in Louisiana is walking this far to hunt. You know? We go on a bunch of calls. Most people is going to park within 100 yards of where they're hunting. This man's on a 30-minute four-wheeler ride back here. And uh, we get in there. He's on an old creek bank in a climbing stand of a big pine tree with a 30 30 And I shot a big buck standing on that ridge right there at 11 o'clock today. It was 4 o'clock in the evening when I got there. Uh, we got over there, uh, had spanked by himself again. I didn't have no other dogs. I took put spanky on it. That man had been looking since he shot that deer 9, uh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock that day till we got there. He had looked multiple times. He ain't found nothing. Within 10 seconds of us being there, we spotted blood. I what well, you did hit him, so that's a plus. I said, spank, he'd go 70 yards, he'd make a loop, come back to me. send him again. He'd go 70 yards, make a loop, come back to me. I didn't train this in Spanky, and I don't know where he got it from. Uh, To my knowledge, I've never had to shock him off the road. But if he's got one fault, it's when he hits a gravel or blacktop road, he's not crossing it until I get there. Well, what he was doing is he was going, I didn't realize we had made a giant loop around where this man hunted. He was going out hitting the 4 trail we come in on was old gravel road that grew up and washed out. Uh, he'd go out there and hit that road, and he'd turn and come back to me. And he, I kept sending him, thinking, surely he's going to keep going. So I finally started walking. And once he realized I'm coming with him, he struck out. He goes 800 yards on in across the road there. And I hear him open, but it wasn't a locate open. It was just chopping. I so the he's got the deer up. He jumped it. He's coming straight back to me. I let him come all the way back to me. It's open deer dog season at this point for any of your listeners hear that because that is a law we're supposed to track on leash unless it's open deer dog season. Uh, This was daylight during open deer dog season when I've done this. So he's coming back to me running a deer, and Joseph Bradham's standing there. He said, there's a deer coming down the trail right here, Derek. I step over and look. I carry a 10-millimeter Glock pistol i said that sure is him i threw up and shot you know, deer rolled i said well we got him deer got up and took off again so well, maybe we didn't get him spank gets there to where i shot cuts in where he went uh he was running this deer like a hound he don't normally do that i don't know what made him i think this deer just got on that four-wheeler trail and just smooth out and left him usually if spanky's barking he's looking at the deer He gets there where the deer rolled, he turns, goes in the woods, he goes about 400 yards, and he goes to baying. When he let out that locate, I said, we got to get to him now. He's baying him. Strike out in there, get almost to him. It's so thick with vines on this old creek bottom, I get where I can see Spanky, I can't see the deer. While we fiddle fiddling around, trying to get around where I can get a shot of deer to finish him off, he bails out of there and takes off straight down the creek. And... Spanky finally gets him, runs up and grabs him by the ear as he took off, flipped him in the creek. And by the time we get to him, we're standing about 10 foot above him, and he's down in, on the deer's chest deep water. We walk up, the deer's got his horns holding Spanky underwater, pinned down to the bank. Uh, I got to grab Joseph, move him out the way, say, hey, get out the way, watch out. I put a, a round right to the top of the shoulder blades, finish the deer off. Uh, I had to do something to make him turn my dog loose. Either I had to shoot him or get in there with him, one of the two. And once he turned him loose, you know, he fell around there. He, deer fell over, expired. Uh, we got down in there with him and found out where this deer was hit. And it's what they call a back wag or a, the no man's land high shoulder shot. Um, it looked like you took a pencil and poked it through right at the top of his deer shoulder blades. And that's where that 30 30 bullet went through him. Um, a deer like that i've went on we call it a back whack you get there by his spine <clears throat> you know when the hunter calls the deer fell down on the ground for a couple minutes and took off uh, i've had them say he sat there for 10 seconds and took off or they've i've heard stories of him getting down taking pictures with the deer and then the deer takes off it, it just paralyzes him shocks their spine and that's what this deer did when he shot he fell down and he got up and ran that's a deer that I've been on probably I'm say 30, 40 of those tracks in my life, maybe 50. I've never found one until that one. That's the first one we've ever recovered that was shot like that. Uh, that's one of those stories where really had it been the time where we had to keep the dog on a leash, it should have been night or had it been, you know, early in rifle season before Louisiana's open deer dog season probably wouldn't have got that deer. he ain't hurt he wasn't there was no vital shot made there was no bones broke which is that's one you you're not supposed to get and spanky got him that's probably one of my proudest moments of him uh he probably went a little over two miles with that deer total before we got him and uh, i had my young my son and my younger daughter with me at the time too made it pretty exciting now they were they stayed out on the full water trail when we went into the thicket, but they weren't there. That's just, that's what makes it exciting. You can bring the kids to do it. You know, we All of us has got kids. We all haul them. Uh, Jeremy Cooper's got two boys that are tromping through woods better than any grown man you've ever seen. I don't think there's a grown man in the state to keep up with them. Uh, only way you can keep up with them is that youngest when you can hear him talking the whole time.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, man, we've been going at it about fifty minutes. Uh, Before we wrap this thing up, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners or? um,
2: Uh, Main thing: give us a like on Facebook. You know, we got a Facebook page, Team Po' Boy Louisiana Deer Tracking Dogs. It's not. We're all based in Louisiana, but we can get you a dog anywhere in the state. We got ties everywhere. I mean, anywhere in the country. Um, We got. Guy in Utah, we got guys up North Kansas, Kentucky. Pretty much, if you think you need a deer found and you give us a call, we could probably get you somebody wherever you are in the country. Um, Most of us are right here local, Southeast Louisiana. We got some all over the state though. We can, we cover a pretty good area. Um, We got an Instagram kind of working on it. Tanner's been working on getting that going for us. Ain't none of us very computer savvy, so we ain't we ain't up to date on all that stuff yet. But we do have a good Facebook page going. You can get
0: on there. We'll have everything in the bio for this podcast. Um, that way, if anybody in the country, I know how it is with networking. We do the squirrel hunts and stuff, and I have people call me all the time look i don't want to drive to louisiana to breed my dog (laughs) i'll give you i'll give you 10 names in within an hour of you find one that works you know
2: yeah yeah Yeah. tanner said you was uh we could trade some podcasting for some squirrel hunts He said you bring a dog we got the property
0: man listen i talked to i talked to kurt earlier i've been knowing (laughs) coop for forever i used to deer run deer dogs with him whenever they hunted on the, the where tower tracks is now right i buy my dog feed from judd so i told Man, that's him that's some
2: good dog feed that's, told that's what i feed
0: the pride yeah it's hard to beat it's hard to beat that especially pride for the price.
2: some good stuff
0: well we're gonna get together this year we'll uh we'll try to get maybe all y'all around and uh what i might do is get all y'all around and we do a kind of a end of the year we'll do a squirrel hunt And then maybe get some of the other guys that hadn't been on here and we do a podcast and kind of have a recap of the year.
2: Recap, yeah. Yeah, I know last year we found, uh, we kind of, the group got through together. We've had a group text going me, Coop, Tanner, and Judd for, I think, three years now. And then sitting around drinking beer one night, they was, let's call it Team Poe Boy. It was more of a joke than anything. Uh, We kind of throwed it together. We added Kurt to it, we added Cody. It was already deer season. Uh, we added Matt Turner he's down in South Louisiana. When we added these guys, we didn't know their numbers. None of us keep up with numbers. It, anybody at college, you, you call them. I keep up with my numbers until they get to 100. I don't know how many I've been on. I just know how many my dogs have found. Then uh, once Spanky found 100, I ain't kept up with that since. It don't matter to me. I don't know why that was a magical number. But So when we put us all together, we didn't have a everybody there didn't have their numbers but i started keeping count as a group and i want to say we found a hundred s- i could be lying i have to go back to you. no i want to say it's 170 deer we found as a group last year uh, not counting what was already found before we all got together that was from about december back december to the end of deer season you know beginning of december uh, we had done some we do some traveling, and we find some deer. You know, that's so, yeah, we our end of year recap would be great. And just we can sit down and we'll actually have our first full year as a team to know what we're sitting down, what we got. You know, we're going to keep up with it. And I'll be able to discuss that and just kind of, you know, some people want to see numbers. So I right. try to keep up with how many tracks we go on as a team.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah, man, we'll, uh, We'll get together and make it happen. I'll uh, I'll keep you contact and like I told Tanner and Kurt, I'd I'd like to come just sit back and observe, watch a couple of tracks. You know, like I said, yeah. I'm going to fool with my pup this year, so I'm try to put him on some easy yeah. stuff and and yeah. having just for my personal use for my kids and all. But I I just I like going and, and watching a good dog work.
2: Yeah, that's what started all of us. We all do. That's and you know, I don't care. I'm very intrigued with cow dogs and sheep dogs. I love when Mister J W used to have in border collies. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, that's just to watch somebody better put that kind of handle on a dog, and you know have that handler dog relationship. I love it. I love watching. I love seeing it. That's what got us all going—just watching a good dog work.
0: Gotcha. Well man, we appreciate it at the Hunting dog Public. <laughs> and uh I'll uh I told Kurt it'd take it take me a week or two to edit. Once I get it yeah. edited, I'll let y'all know. I'll shoot y'all a text, let y'all know when it's gonna drop. And uh Tenfold. if y'all would just we got a hunt we got a Facebook page as well for the listeners and for, for y'all, anybody. A hunting okay. hunting dog public on Facebook. If y'all'd go give us a like, follow and
2: Yeah, I'll go look it up. I know I added you earlier on Facebook.
0: Right, right.
2: I'll go look up the
0: page there. Well, that'll work, man. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And right, uh I'll, Thank you. I'll stay in touch. All right, man. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.